Welcome to episode 102 of the Clarity Compressed podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and today we're going to talk about doing all the things that you're not supposed to do. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. Okay, the moment of clarity today is that people only remember things that are repeated. And especially for the leaders that are watching this or listening to this, you might have an idea for what is important and it's actually gonna be clearer to you as the leader, but if you don't repeat it and push it down and find ways to integrate it into your daily living, guess what? People aren't gonna remember it. Just about the time you start to get sick of saying it is usually the time that people just start latching onto it. So the moment of clarity, people will only remember what you repeat. I'm so excited for what he's gonna show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's favorite. My pick for this week is this book, The Culture Code. This is a book that breaks down what makes some truly amazing groups, truly amazing teams of people. What are the factors that make the difference? And it opens up with a really awesome illustration on uh, this competition between kindergartners and CEOs and engineers building towers out of toothpicks and marshmallows and Wait till you find out who uh, who really cleaned up because of the dynamics of the group and how they treated one another. This is worth the read, worth your time. The Culture Code. I hope you check it out. So about a week or two ago, I made a post and it was a picture of me with a spray can. You couldn't really tell it was me unless you look a little closer. I had hair, it was in 2003, uh, but I, was, I had a spray can in my, a spray paint can and I was spray painting a Chevy Astro van, 1984 Chevy Astro, which was the first van, first vehicle I got to start my business, Image Auto. And the, the gist of the post was that I didn't know what I was supposed to do when I started that business. So I just started doing what seemed reasonable and rational. And over and over and over, doing things that were reasonable and rational overtook the things that in business that you're supposed to do to start a business. And I would say, that's one of the, the large contributors to the reason that was successful and that business was successful was because I didn't spend, I didn't have enough knowledge, intellectual knowledge to understand what I was supposed to do. And here I am uh, building my second business. You can see this shirt. It says connection agency. In the marketing world, I haven't known what I was supposed to do, which is why I believe that congruent and this connection agency model is actually winning because I'm not paying attention to what I'm supposed to do. Actually, now, the more I learn about the industry, the more I have to fight against what I'm supposed to do because that wants to overtake the special nature of things. And um, so I was given this book. And so this week, I really want to get into talking about the things we do in business and life that we're supposed to do that really overtake and overcrowd the things that would actually contribute to our success and our growth because there are so many voices from all over and there's um, the industry and there's experts and there's internal voices and there's parents and there's um, siblings and friends and everyone is telling you what you're supposed to do and a lot of time a lot of the time, all of those things, they drowned out the voice of the unique thing inside you that's saying, actually, this seems like what I should do. 
And all of us have different gifts. All of us have different strengths and weaknesses. And a lot of times what we're supposed to do goes against those individual gifts and goes against those individual strengths. And I think that when people let those individual gifts and strengths out and let sow them into their situation is when we actually get the best outcome. So I was given this book. It's called The Culture Code. And a good friend of mine, his name is Tim Bergstrom. He's a COO of a, a large auto group in Wisconsin, Bergstrom Automotive, that his father founded. Um, they have grown their business a lot of the ways, a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of the journey for a lot of the journey by doing not not doing what they're supposed to do. They went from being like the smallest dealer in Wisconsin to the largest dealer in Wisconsin. A lot of that because they care for people and they just cracked the USA Today's top 50 places to work. And that's significant because no automotive dealership or group has ever broken that list before. It's a great place to work. John and Tim Bergstrom are very special people. And a lot of the ways they've built this organization was by not doing what they're supposed to do. And so when uh, Tim sent me this book, um, it's it's no surprise that this is something he thought to send and enjoyed reading because it is about largely people doing things they're not supposed to do when it comes to company culture. And, um, you know, they go into a lot of different areas of, of why good company cultures work. And I wanted to pull this this little section out of the front and share it with you. So it's a story of the early 2000s. And I know it's really difficult to imagine a world when this little thing called pay-per-click advertising did not exist, like when you couldn't search anything on search something on the internet and then be served an ad that was um, relevant to that search so that a company could sell you a product that actually didn't exist. And that was uh, only 20 years ago and only 20 years ago. Dating myself there. But Actually, I don't remember before that happened, so I'm just going to try to qualify. So uh, early 2000s, there was a company. Does anybody recognize the name Bill Gross? Bill Gross. I would say probably not. So Bill Gross was the founder of a company called Overture, and Overture was really the leader in founding this idea of pay-per-click. They were well-funded, West Coast tech company, and the race was on to really optimize the model of serving ads to people when they search for specific things. Bill Gross, the company was Overture, he invented pay-per-click. We have no idea who he was. Well, at the same time, there was another little company, you probably know what I'm about to say, a little company, little startup called Google, who was silently competing with Overture and so, well, they and Overture knew each other existed, but they were both silently kind of competing to bring a functional and realistic model to life. Now, Overture had lots of departments and they had lots of funding and they have lots of systems and structures. And this is how you develop tech products. And they were doing everything they were supposed to do. And all the bets were on their side. Well, it's interesting. Larry Page, uh, one of the founders of Google, he, one day in the, the small kitchen that they had in their company at the time, small company, he just wrote on a piece of paper, he wrote, these ads suck. And he put it up there, pinned it up right to the, right to the cabinet. And really, he was upset because they weren't doing well in their battle against Overture. They had a product uh, called AdWords, sound familiar? So they were, they were developing their product called AdWords, which was their pay-per-click um, pay-per-click product. And when you would search for like a Kawasaki H1B motorcycle, 
you would get ads served up from companies that want to help you with your form H-1B on your visa application. So understandably, he posted something that said, these ads suck, not relevant. I'm looking for motorcycles. I'm not trying to apply for a visa to go somewhere. And they had a couple departments in their small company, really only two at the time. AdWords was kind of a new developmental one. And the other one was what we know Google for and what they really came on the scene for, which was their search engine and search algorithm, which was uh, superior and, and really gaining traction at the time. And I'm going to give you another name that you've never heard. And this name is Jeff Dean. And Jeff Dean was uh, a real modest engineer from Minnesota, Midwest. So he's probably like super nice. And when he was going sipping his coffee, he saw the ad said this, saw the little paper that um, was pinned up that said these ads suck. And it kind of gave him a little flashback to an issue that he was dealing with when he was building out the search platform and working out on search. So he went to work trying to solve the problem, trying to make it so that when you search for an H-1B Kawasaki motorcycle, you don't get help with your H-1B visa application. And so he went to work on this and unbeknownst to anybody else, he didn't ask for permission. He didn't go to the department head and say, hey, I think that I can figure this problem out. He just went and started working on it. And within a week or two, he actually solved the problem. And all of a sudden, the AdWords product became way more accurate, bypassed Overture's big corporate structure of what you're supposed to do. And in the year following Dean's fix, Google's profits went from $6 million to $99 million. And that's because they didn't do what they were supposed to do as a company. He didn't do what he was supposed to do as uh, someone who worked on one side of the project. And so many times we do what we're supposed to do and we're tied up in our, the, the larger the company, actually, the harder this is. That's why startups and small businesses tend to be a lot more nimble because they don't have the luxury of everyone knowing exactly what you're supposed to do. And so that is the situation that happened with Google, probably a story you never heard before. And, you know, this, this guy, Jeff Dean, who knows who he is? I don't know. How about the guy Bill Cross or Bill Gross, who was the, the CEO of Overture? Who? Overture? I don't know. But Google got there by doing what they were not supposed to do. And so I was thinking about that in context of my business in Majato growing up in context of the agency that I'm building now and taking this approach and idea that people want to be connected. And if you can find a way to connect people with one another, that business just becomes more meaningful. And because of that, the marketing gets more effective, internal culture gets more effective, and everybody gets drawn back to the center of why you're, why you're doing what you're doing and how it can be meaningful and really impactful and not just profitable and not just uh, look, not looking good on paper and not just have a good employee benefits package, but actually be meaningful because no one stays at your company because um, you have a ping pong table. No one stays at the company just because you make a little bit more than you would over this other place. Um, nobody really stays for that. People stay because they find meaning and value and purpose. And I think people do that largely when you think practically and rationally. And many times that has nothing to do with what business and society would say you are supposed to do. 
So right now, think about it. In your life, in your business, um, can you think of times that you didn't do what you were supposed to do? And that is actually what was the secret that unlocked some level of success or some level of growth. We hear it, we hear it a lot of times in sports. The Olympics are coming up. We're going to hear it a lot in the Olympics. We're going to hear stories of athletes who came from nothing, who came from areas of the country, areas of countries where they shouldn't have been able to make it to the Olympics. But we will also see that in those situations, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't accept where they were and say, well, I don't have the money to train. I don't have the right pedigree. I don't have the right people around me to make me a world-class athlete. No, a lot of times they didn't know what they're supposed to do. So they start working and they start hustling and they start diving in and they start breaking the mold. And those are the stories that start to elevate above the other ones because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Now, I've actually probably most of the stories of the startups that made it didn't do what they were supposed to do. So I think that I know that really inspired me this week to think between this book, The Culture Code, between that post that I made about the beginning of my first business, Image Auto, and what you're supposed to do versus uh, what you actually do and the things that make you successful. I was like, I think this is something we can rally around a lot as a group. So that is really what I wanted to talk about this week. Let's do the things that you're supposed to do or do the things that you're not supposed to do. My perspective is that most of the people that we look at and you know hold in a high regard and we marvel at what they've done, they got there because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. So may you this week do the things that you're not supposed to do that break the mold, that get outside of all the, the things that try to hold you in the center, that try to hold you uh, to the, the tune that everyone else is marching to. Actually, it would be the beat that everyone else is marching to. And may you break free of that and do something that we can all look at and say, that is inspiring. That has made our life better. That has made us, it's just made us better. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to episode 102 of the Clarity Compressed podcast. Please, if you haven't um, followed along on LinkedIn or signed up for the email address at claritycompressed.com, sign up for the email list because we try to give a little more texture to the show, try to give you some extra links to to follow through. And uh, this year, we're going to actually put a lot more energy and effort into the email list. So uh, if you haven't done that, please, it's a great way to stay connected. In the meantime, as always, if there's anything I can do to help you, reach out, uh, DM me. A lot of people DM on LinkedIn lately. There's been a lot of action there. So uh, that's a good place to DM where I'm paying a lot of my attention. I will help you however I can so that we can all move forward doing what we're not supposed to do so that we can grow, break free of the molds and give everybody something to talk about. Have a great week. Yeah. Yeah.